Riddle me this, pod fans. What's 90 minutes long arrives every Friday and is all about the Cape Crusader? Why it's blabbing about Batman, the animated series, the newest Patreon-exclusive podcast miniseries on the Talking Simpsons Network. That's right. For the rest of 2021, we'll be covering our 10 favorite episodes of Batman, the animated series, with the same heavy-duty research, clips, and trivia you've come to expect from us. And if you sign up at the $5 level today at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons, you'll get to hear each episode as soon as it goes live. Remember, sign up at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons to hear all 10 episodes of Blabbing About Batman, the animated series, as well as the 100 plus other exclusive podcast episodes we produce so far. So become a patron and join us through the rest of 2021 for another great miniseries. Same bat day, same bat podcast feed. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, the podcast that's just like going to sleep inside a giant blender. I'm your host, the mouthwatering monkey, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today in the same room. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert. And I wish Maggie went to the emergency room more often. And who do we have on the line? Hey, I'm Ian Jones Cordy, and I uh, dedicate my appearance to the hardworking bag boys of America. <laughs> and today's episode is Simpsons Safari. My teacher said I need cupcakes. Cupcakes to learn. In the cart. I'm out of wine. Cart. Today's episode aired on April 1st, 2001. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. (gasps) Oh my God. Oh boy, Bobby. WrestleMania 17 happens in Houston. It's an end of an era for pro wrestling. Both undergrads and oblongs premiere on television. Mm. And (laughs) uh, the only Simpsons video game for the Game Boy Color Night of the Living Treehouse of Horror is released. That's right. I often forget about that one because I... Uh, never played it when it was new. It was only one of those ones like 10 years later. I do a research on writing some feature of every Simpsons game ever. And then I see that one. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I didn't even know that existed. It was the waning days of the Game Boy Color when everything was just being shoveled onto it because mm-hmm. it had a uh, you know audience of 80 million people or more. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's interesting. I, I watched an hour long. Lo- if you know what you're doing in the game, apparently a long play will only take an hour. The plus side on it is it's fun to see Game Boy Color tech used to animate jokes from the simpsons uh on the downside while they did pay for the danny elfman opening theme to simpsons it's one of those situations where it sounds like the only theme they paid for and you're gonna hear it over and over and over again i mean if they pay for it you gotta use it mm-hmm. yeah and that i mean that goes to all of your com- compositions you have no money for other comp- composers there's king homer stage there's a hide from the teachers. Lisa's stage is just a stealth game of hiding from teachers trying to eat you. It seems oh, it's a, okay. it's a nightmare cafeteria? Yes. Level? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of a sneaking mission even, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think it's, you know, Metal Gear level of, of quality there. <laughs> just dumped out by THQ in, uh, in 2001 near the end there. I believe, yeah, I think The Simpsons full, skipped the GBA, but had a DS game for uh, as part of the many The Simpsons games out there. This is very unimportant, um, but I just remembered one fact about this game that drives me crazy, is that some of the levels are named after the Treehouse of Horror segments that 
are based on, but some of them just have new names for no reason. Yes, yeah, that's which bothers no. me. I also noticed that if you let the game just um, go to its on the start screen, just go through it, it plays the credits. Apparently, that's the only way to see the credits because it doesn't play when you beat the game in the long play. And I, you know, credit to the creators on it, they actually gave themselves uh, scary Halloween names in the credits. So that's fun. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> But yes, also WrestleMania 17 or X7 as the logo is and mm. was uh, what they knew their fans couldn't count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's still it's uh, we're still in the 2000 core. They got to bring an X to it to make it cool. It's uh, for wrestling fans. It was known as the best WrestleMania ever. And it also was the the end of the Monday Night Wars era because WCW had just shut down and been bought by the WWF. There was no more WCW. It was it was when a lot of people stopped watching because they're mm. like their their favorite guys were gone. Yeah, so it's a, a major moment in wrestling history. It's another of those many moments when I do when we do the history here of like oh the '90s are over kind of just like signposts and and that's one of them there. What was the other item? This always happens on the intros <laughs> where I am so distracted by one of the news items I forget the third. Uh, well, you're right to forget undergrads and obols. That's right. That's oh, right. Oh yes, of course. An undergrads uh, revival movie was kickstarted and right, people are still waiting for that to take form <laughs> can't wait to see the adventures of nits gimpy <laughs> i forget the rest oh dear little gimpy uh, and uh, what's the asian girlfriend's name in that i don't remember it's... but here's the thing uh that undergrads guy i'm sure he's a very nice guy the thing is he did no animation before or after and the reason why and this sounds made up but it's not mtv had a contest saying we'll make your show <laughs> he was the only one who entered Wow. That wow. is why wow. he was able to have his own show and did nothing uh, animation related after that. Wow. Man. So there you have Man. it. Enter right. every contest. <laughs> Compare that to the MTV's Downtown show, which had like everybody who starts Titmouse and like it, it's this launching pad for all these guys from this uh, comparative show that's yeah. also about a group of nerds and an Asian girlfriend that the guy ends up with in the season finale. But, yeah, when I worked um, in New York, basically all of my bosses were MTV Downtown or Beavis or Daria people. <laughs> I love uh, undergrads. I remember liking when I was younger because I was like, well, they said a thing from Star Wars. I know that line from Star Wars. But right. but Downtown was, uh, da or yeah, Downtown. It well, The Downtowners was the name for Mission Hills. It keeps messing me up here. But on Downtown... It was about self-hating nerds who were like, but I don't want to be a nerd and own yeah. all these toys. People judge me for it. Like I, I connected more with that. I think it was a little, it was ahead of its time. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And uh, meanwhile, Oblong's like uh, a stellar cast, but like nobody mm -hmm. watched it. It was, uh, then it lived on Cartoon Network for or Adult Swim for a very long time. Yeah, it turned into Adult Swim fodder, but mm -hmm. it was one of the things that was greenlit when there was an animation boom. Then by the time it aired, the boom was a bust and they just got rid of it immediately. I actually somehow watched Oblong's when it was on Adult Swim mm -hmm. and, and Mission Hill also, because I was like... I was raring to go on mm. those shows. <laughs> I think Henry and I but, watched home movies when it was on UPN, which no yeah, one remembers. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I definitely watched home movies on UPN. Because wasn't that when they first got wrestling was the same season? I as believe home so, movie? yeah. Because I remember watching both of those things and, and like <laughs> seeing home movies promos during wrestling 
it's kind of <laughs> surreal to think about. Uh, you know, I missed the first. I I missed the first couple episodes of home movies. I came in on the third one, and it was just channel flipping. And the second I saw Squiggle Vision, I was like, oh, what? There's another thing. <laughs> well, they knew wrestling fans would appreciate the comedy of Paula Poundstone. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Oblongs, they got Will Ferrell before it was cool mm-hmm. to get Will Ferrell and stuff. Like they got Will Ferrell before he became the biggest movie star of like the next five years after. Well, not the biggest, but like comedy movie star. He was the comedy guy. Period. Yeah. Now yeah. who do we have? Yeah. Uh, and hey, uh, I always liked uh, the theme song. I mean. Mm-hmm. more oh, yeah. they might be giants isn't bad i love when they do themes or commercials or what have you mm-hmm. they're they're owed to courage the cowardly dog i brings <laughs> yeah. in my head uh but uh but anyway yes welcome back to our good buddy and animation superstar ian jones Quarty. hey glad to be back i wonder ian were you watching the show in in late season 12 at the time <laughs> so i was trying to so it was really funny when you reached out about this episode because I didn't, I've never seen this episode Wow! Um, around season 12. So I was, this was 2001. I was like fully very online. You know, I think I had joined something awful like earlier that year and I was, um, but I had been like reading it forever. And I had also been reading like animation news groups, Simpsons news groups, but also going to like, simpsons forums and like lurking on them mm-hmm. and i, I was think there. like around this time i was so uh i was so disenchanted uh with the <laughs> simpsons and i would read you know i would read all these forums of people like bagging on the show and saying it sucks now that i was really just like i'm going to stop watching so i just <laughs> stopped and it, it stopped being um it stopped being appointment television for me oh. um, and so this episode i never saw i did see trilogy of error when that first aired which is the next episode mm-hmm. and i also saw new kids on the black mm. so i think what it was was I just sort of became like, hey, it's not appointment viewing, but if I'm around, if it's eight o'clock on Sunday night and I'm not doing something else, I'm not like drawing or playing video games, (laughs) I'll watch it. But this one, somehow I just never saw it and I don't, I never saw it in repeats either. I fully expected when I loaded up the episode that maybe like a second or two in, I'd be like, oh yeah, I kind of remember this one, but it (laughs) never happened. Like, this is a brand new episode for me. Well, Ian, much like you, I devoted a lot of time to hating The Simpsons online, but I also wasted my time watching it every Sunday. It was still appointment TV because uh, I think, I I hope this doesn't happen anymore. Maybe it's actually much worse, but young men, uh, a lot of them, a lot of the nerdy variety, they make part of their personality disliking a television show. And that was definitely me (laughs) until I started, let's say, dating more. (laughs) So uh, just like Simpsons is bad. Family Guy is bad. Ask me. Invite me to every party. I just I was just like I don't know I was in a I was in a weird dark place where I was just like Simpsons is bad now I can't trust anything you know I was definitely going I mean 2001 I was going through some like harsh teenage Mm -hmm. like you know uh, I would just get anything that like had a little bit of something I hated about it I would just be like fully in the trash and I think I did that to the Simpsons too you know I was like one of those people who was like oh these specific writers I don't like them and and I know that they worked on this one and this one and Mm -hmm. you know it was years before i mellowed out and now now (laughs) i don't know some of these season 12s 
you're not so bad. Mm-hmm. I was like uh, looking through the list. I was like, yeah, I would watch a few, like a handful of these. Mm-hmm. You know, my uh, listeners have heard me say it a million times. I'll say it quickly, but yeah, my, I mean, my personal journey with with a lot of these episodes is being very angry in the year 2001 mm-hmm. and feeling like this ruins the show or that ruins the show or this uh, say an ending where the Simpsons all end up with a pile of diamonds is bad. And, <laughs> and, but now, yeah, I the turn I've made mentally of just like, well, this still has jokes in it that make me laugh. Yeah. And if I don't care about the universe of the Simpsons and the lives they lead, <laughs> if I just completely drop caring about them as a world and just like, oh, how good is this at delivering jokes? I go like, oh, that's uh, that's all right. That's a good joke. That made me laugh. It's yeah. a John Swartzwelder special. You know, he wrote it because unions are crooked and make yes. people lazy. Yes. And also yeah. environmentalists, <laughs> they're also crooked and have ulterior <laughs> motives. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can really feel uh, the agendas radiating hard <laughs> off of this episode. There's some South Park envy here too, which I I note several times in the show of like they go, oh well, South Park did this, can't we have that? I I felt that at the end of our bully, the like oh bullies are all it's a science and it's a scent that like that felt like such a out of left field South Park kind of ending that seems like it makes a point but is not technically a point. It's just like a silly thing, mm-hmm. and same deal with this that it feels like well what's the point like well isn't jane goodall evil like or what if she was uh, (laughs) like yeah i mean i i actually remember at the time like in around this time 2001 2002 i did actually really feel like oh the simpsons is chasing these other shows it wants to be family guy and it wants to be south park if i want that i'll watch those shows and i did and Mm. i stopped watching the simpsons (laughs) i think that's kind of what happened yeah, I think I think they lost some of their confidence for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as far as a trip episode, it sounds like they just, you know, on the board had a sign that said, you know, the Simpsons go to Africa. What do we do with that? Yeah, Larry Doyle yeah. wrote that on an index card <laughs> and handed it to John Swartzwelder. <laughs> uh, he pitched the idea, so yes. that's all we know. Which, uh, yeah, as far as a, I was worried, I had forgotten, other than the ending and the bag stuff i had kind of forgotten their specific jokes about africa and Mm -hmm. i was worried going in i thought like how poorly will this have aged i don't it didn't it didn't seem as bad as i feared it was i don't know about you guys well i think the reason why i think it it's you know and like i said i i mellowed out a lot i understand these are decisions by people who made the show they're just trying to get a script out i get it but the reason why I think it sucks is because <laughs> it's so unspecific. Yes. Um, and, you know, Africa is basically just like a melange of, you know, stereotypes and Lion King parodies. There are some names of there of real places, but it really does seem like they could have just looked at a map and said yeah. this place is this place because nothing seems uh nothing seems particularly uh, referenced or, you know, there's no like specifics about it at all like you know and that's the thing i think is is worse because comedy is funnier when it's like very like pinpointed and specific about specific places and people and stuff and the fact that you know their vision of africa is like super generic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's by no means original a lot of media also has the the country of africa here we are what a big country not knowing it's like well there's lots of countries lots of people Mm -hmm. lots of cultures there are cities there are cars there's lots going on in africa but it's like no here we are in the country of africa where all parts are the same yeah it's uh so you know in that sense 
it's like a little disappointing mm-hmm. you know when the simpsons go to uh when they went to rio it was all things that are in rio you know yes. and specific yes. stuff that's there this is kind of just like oh it's just general i don't know we watched the lion king a couple times and the comic <laughs> must be crazy and just kind of yeah. threw me yeah. Some of the stuff in it feels like Gen X guy saying, like, well, I remember a cover to National Geographic being this mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, what are the 15 things we know about Africa? Go. Put now, these in a script. <laughs> that, But that in itself, I guess, you know, it's really unspecific and that's stupid. But the parts where the, of the episode that feel like it feels some parts of it feel like a uh, sequel to Call of the Simpsons. Mm-hmm, in a way yeah. where it's just like oh it's the simpsons doing wacky stuff in a jungle <laughs> yes yeah i no, i know i noted there's like four jokes in here at least that i was like well this is just kind of a joke uh, we note that a lot of like oh this is a joke you did like five years ago do you guys remember you did that joke five years ago or or not i yeah uh, you know, to hear director Mark Kirkland talk about it on the commentary, think honestly, this could have been even more of a generalized Africa as an idea or things. Because he, at the very, Mark Kirkland mentions that in his youth, like I believe when he was 16, followed his father to the production of do- documentary-ish film, Visit to a Chief's Son. Uh, which was filmed in Kenya mm-hmm. and so he and with the Maasai people so he I think he at least care he sounded on the commentary they did take some pride in like well you know the Maasai people do this or the Mount Kilimanjaro is not that close to Victoria Falls or whatever but- he was kind of appalled by the geography in the script yeah <laughs> but yeah, if you want to watch this movie, Visit to a Chief's Son, it's on YouTube in full. And if you ever thought, I love Empty Nest, what if the main character was in Africa? Well, Richard Mulligan is the star of Visit to a Chief's Son. <laughs> but, He's lighting up the screen. Yeah. And yeah. I, I will say before we start, uh, like we can see what the priorities were in 2001 compared to now. Because they get Frank Welker for this episode. Because yes, of course, there are all these animals. Frank needs to come in and do them. There are 30 new African characters. Ah, Dan and Hank can come in and do those. Now- <laughs> yeah. 2021 it's like no black uh, black actors play black characters indian actors play indian characters and so on but then it was like well frank can play animals but yeah dan can play uh the guide or whatever <laughs> yeah it's just i mean you know it was the style of the time yeah mm-hmm. it just really shows how how things have changed for the better for sure for yeah. sure it is crazy to think when you put it that way of like well we gotta hire frank welker welker as the animal specialist but no no other new actors for the episode it's uh it, it yeah it does seem it does seem kind of it does seem kind of out of proportion yeah yeah i feel like the guide could have been one notable actor who originated from africa yeah. that ver- would make sense yeah yeah at the very least you'd think they could hire an uh african-american person to play that role if they're not going to bother with an an actual african actor which though they i mean they they work in hollywood i have to think there were at least a couple african actors they could have had played the role then you probably just wanted to save some money that that could be it yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so the the episode begins first with a chalkboard gag about flushing evidence which I don't think there was anything specifically in the news at the time then. But. Is that like a Midnight Express reference or something like that? You know, like flushing cocaine down the toilet. I I, I always think of Goodfellas first when Goodfellas. I think of scene of flushing mm. the drugs down a toilet. That's my first thought. I think of Go. <laughs> oh well, that's because we're uh, we're doing trilogy of errors. That's here. true. Anything <laughs> gonna go for that? Uh, but yeah, and then also very strange. This starts with a season four long ass circus couch gag, and I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, because the episode needs help. 
It when I saw that couch, when I saw the uh, circus couch gag, I was like, oh boy, yeah. here we go. It's our old friend, the time killer, and uh, uh, made its debut with uh, I Love Lisa in 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, though Scully barely used it, like the only- Oh, sorry, Lisa's first word. Ah. Yes. But but Scully, it got used all the time in the Gene and Reese years because they said their episodes were always coming in short. Barely used in the uh, five, six, seven, and eight because those uh, Merkin and Oakley Weinstein didn't have uh, usually had very long episodes. Scully sort of too. There, the only other episode that used it in his run was season 10's "Monty Can't Buy Me Love," the mm. another Schwarzwalder <laughs> one with also troubling geography. And but you know what? They actually bothered like Loch Ness is here, and this is the town that's around it. They, they cared a little bit more about Scotland's geography, I'd say. Uh, but, but Nessie was real. Yes, Nessie is real. Yeah, you know, and I, pink and pink. Yeah, yeah. which purple. is which is accurate to real life, I think. <laughs> What's also made me uh, confused was oh, oh, they got this long opening. That must means they cut a bunch of stuff. But on the DVD, no deleted scenes, mm-hmm. nothing. So. Which is also uh, interesting because Kirkland shouts out a very specific deleted scene he wishes was on the, uh, he thought might be on the DVD and isn't. Something with chihuahuas. Yeah, they've, as part of all of their crazy scenes of, of animals not acting the way they're supposed to, them being cha- they, there's a scene where they're chased by a herd of chihuahuas through Africa, which is, you know, impossible. But uh, they apparently just cut it, and Kirkland's like, we worked really hard on that to draw, to draw a herd of chihuahuas chasing a jeep in Africa. That uh, Sounds hard to draw, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but nope, no deleted scenes. The Simpsons will be right back. Wednesday, are you ready to play the Simpsons Survival Challenge? It's a full hour of the Simpsons on a special night and time. Who will get burned? Who will be left standing? The family's sitting down to dinner. You call that thing great? Find out on the Simpsons Survival Challenge at 9, 8 Central, Fox Wednesday. everybody it's henry welcome to the break here for a podcast that's just as important to learning as cupcakes and a big thank you to our guest this week ian jones cordy we thank him so much for all of his help this week and his wonderful insight he is such a cool guy we always love having him on follow him on twitter at ian jq and of course Watch his awesome show, OKKO, Let's Be Heroes. And if you like this podcast, you should definitely check out patreon.com slash talking simpsons. First off, that's where we're supported by listeners like you that help me and Bob do this as our full-time jobs. But you don't just get to feel good about supporting me and Bob. You get stuff for that five bucks. And by stuff, I mean exclusive podcasts and many of them. You get access to over a hundred exclusive podcasts, us covering shows as diverse as Futurama, The Critic, King of the Hill, Mission. Hill, and right now, each month you get a new Talking Futurama, and you get every week until the end of the year blabbing about Batman the Animated Series. Me and Bob covering 10 of our favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series. You do not want to miss that. Check all those out at the $5 and up level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. If you'd like to enjoy a podcast as good and as long as the Doobie Brothers, you need to sign up to the $10 level of patreon.com slash talking simpsons. 
That premium level gets you all the $5 things I just told you about, but also it gets you our premium What a Cartoon Movie Podcast. Me and Bob covering an animated feature film once a month, often over four hours long, going super deep into the history, scene by scene, through so many classic animated feature films, just like we do with The Simpsons. This month, you can hear us get into the holiday spirit, talking about the original TV Christmas special, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from Rankin Bass in 1964. Before that, we talked all about Batman man beyond return of the joker and there is a giant back catalog of films the lion king a goofy movie beavis and butthead do america spider-man into the spider-verse over three years worth of exclusive podcast you can listen to for 10 bucks a month and a new one each month check it all out when you go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons the episode begins at costmo so we uh, we start with a bunch of costco jokes and just seeing the sign it made me hungry for a big costco hot dog you know what it and bothers me because these are not costco jokes because know, the quantities yeah. of food they're buying are normal grocery store quantities so they You're just right. the, the sign is a parody but the store is not i've said my piece it, it also really really looks like costmo foods is just them drawing over Springfield Grocery Store. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. It just yeah. has a like different name exactly now. Exactly the same. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they only have so many background artists in season 12. They're cutting, they're cutting down on staff. It just Yeah, not calling them out for that. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, oh, if they wanted to draw a Costco, those have a specific look. So it seems weird that they just use the regular store. They, they never returned to Monstro Mart, which was their Costco. That, you know, that was actually better, more specific jokes about Costco. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, uh, again, I miss I miss that big Costco hot dog. I never, I never had a Costco membership, but when I worked at an office that was far away from actual like a city, but a Costco was nearby... Uh, if the co-workers were like, hey, we're going to go to Costco. I was like, all right, yeah, $1. fifty <laughs> hot dog and soda. Big ass pizza slice, which, you know, for the price, not bad. As as far as an opening parody thing, I do like the idea of like, oh, Homer, what does Homer do when he grocery shops? Like Homer is bad at grocery shopping. It's and... sort of like when you're grocery shopping for the first time as a college student. Yeah, yeah. And also it's like, oh, dads would never grocery shop. What's going on? Like that that kind of thing. <laughs> I did really like the run of their of their grocery store shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, all the all the stuff with them buying all the worst things for themselves. <laughs> is great. Which you can just convince, like, if you have one parent that doesn't do these things as much as another parent, you can get stuff by them pretty easily. Yeah. yeah switch. And we have the return of cupcakes. Yeah, the oh, season right. one currency of the Simpsons. <laughs> uh, right. Maybe it's Schwartzfeld calling back to Bartha General when he wrote that, but. Uh, but yes, the, the Homer goes shopping scene here, which also leads... Uh, my biggest laugh in the episode might be Bart's line in this one here. We need these because we have to... <laughs> my doctor says and my garage mechanic agrees that... In the cart. Woohoo! You know, I always felt sorry for Marge having to do the shopping, but this is kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I wish Maggie had to go to the emergency room more often. <laughs> Hmm, I never heard of a baby swallowing a magazine before, and I'm a doctor. I don't know if it matters, but it was a Time magazine. Does that matter? Uh Uh-oh, this could be dangerous. What? What? 
Syrian hardliners are gaining influence. <laughs> Maggie's very concerned about that, too. She, that, <laughs> the baby swallowing a magazine does sound like something John Swartzwelder wrote. Yes, yeah. And I love the very observational line of Marge giving the doctor more information. She's trying to take some authority, but not too much. She's like, mm. I noticed this. Does yes. that matter? That is a good line. Yeah, I like that. I, uh. I also love the construction of that joke because Hibbert could have said something like, oh, this looks like bad news or something. Mm. That would have been like mm-hmm. a... a cheesier setup but it, it does really catch you off guard i i love Marge. yeah the, the Marge's really good delivery on her of just like does that matter like, that's good but yeah the one that made me laugh because i completely have forgotten the this was one of those ones again where it's like i don't remember this in relation to the episode itself but uh i was like oh yeah why is homer doing it uh, why is homer doing a thing marge always does and having bart just say like yeah i wish maggie had to go to the emergency room more often it's just like this <laughs> shocking line you're like wait what's happened to maggie what's going on with she maggie? seems to be doing well yeah. the, the magazine is occupying most of her chest cavity yeah <laughs> seems pretty dangerous for a baby to have done that i according to google if you if your baby eats paper and doesn't choke on it then uh the worst they'll get is an upset stomach stu- stomach apparently but yeah great drawing of the magazine inside of her though it's very funny then and they blur out the word time in the first shot because they didn't want to blow the joke apparently Mm -hmm. which i noticed that (laughs) that's a good that's a good call whoever whoever did that made the right call at first it was distracting to me like why is it so blur Uh, because i thought like oh did their lawyers tell them hey you can't have the time logo that's what i thought first too until we saw it (laughs) i felt like in the early aughts was when you started hearing things about medicinal beer or people saying like but you know actually march had a joke like that earlier and like see in uh, the only move twice episode of of medicinal wine but homer saying like oh no my doctor and and mechanic agree (laughs) i should drink this beer that feels just like the beer cancel getting in the news of like Mm -hmm. actually scientist (laughs) says it's good for you the verdict's still out i say that as a beer lover (laughs) so then comes another scene i just love of homer being like the ultimate asshole this is jerk ass homer but in as good as it can be like it's it's funny in a couple episodes homer has to be like ned's good friend helping him through uh trying to date again after the death of his (laughs) wife and he's like what a good buddy homer is this i I'd rather they have Homer just be a man who, like, is shoving uh, a, a poor employee over and over again until he hits his limit. But, uh, but yes, Homer causes a strike in this next clip. Stack it in the order. I'll eat it driving home. Sir, please. I've already bagged it by color and an order of each item's discovery by man. The customer's <laughs> always right. That's what everybody likes about us. Now, mush. You tell him, Jumbo. And you, start over. I want everything in one bag. Yes, ma'am but I don't want the bag to be heavy. Well, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> what are you, the possible police? Just do it. Hey, hey, watch what you're doing there, sack monkey. You're bruising my Duralog. Hurry up. I can't stand here jabbing you all day. Please, ow, stop. Bag boys have feelings too, you know. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, excuse me, is there a problem here? No, I can handle it. I'll get you, squealer. Oh, that's it. On behalf of Sack Stuffers Local 199, I'm calling a strike. Strike! 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 
Oh, the bagpipes are on strike. I'm shaking. Mr. Simpson, please, will you go home? <laughs> if I can have this rubber stick. Now, I can speak from experience as a former bagger. Mm. Although this episode made me realize that uh, how radicalized I was against unions, or at least people were trying to <laughs> radicalize me against them when I was a you know, young worker. Because whenever I was hired, and there were like no unions, and there are even less now, they would proudly say, we can pay you more because there is no union. Mm -hmm. And that means they started me at 525 instead of 515. Oh, wow. It's like four, four extra dollars yep. per paycheck and no workers' rights? <laughs> what a bargain. I remember that. I remember that. Too, I was also a courtesy clerk, as as my uh, uh, supermarket local supermarket called it. I also bagged as a kid, and yeah, they specifically were like, "There is no union," which is great for you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I definitely believed it at the time because I didn't. I was fifteen; I didn't know better. Uh, yeah, when I worked at AMC movie theaters, in the training video was like, "And if somebody tries to tell you to join a union, no, you don't <laughs> have to." Okay, and actually, your manager might want to know. Watching this though. It it like unlocked some memories of being a bag boy. Me too. Because when I was a bag boy, there was another bagger at the store who, when someone was giving him a ton of conflicting directions, like make it paper, <laughs> make it plastic. No, put the paper inside the plastic. He had like a little fit and threw a bag of rice down and exploded everywhere. Oh my god! And he was like I fucking quit, and he just <laughs> left the store. Wow. And I thought it was so badass. At the time now i'm like oh that was really sad mm -hmm. <laughs> probably shouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah i i had uh, not a lot of problem customers there was some weird directions i got something close to put everything in one bag but don't want don't make the bag heavy most of the time what would insult me was people saying all bag because they didn't trust you at all oh, but now well i done. get it i do it politely because i like to bag mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i just yeah. i like the act of bagging and i like to see that my things are in the way i like them the only time i would get yelled at is when i would put people's like bleach and you know soap and stuff in a different bag they'd say you gave me too many bags it's like i didn't right. want to put the bleach next to your raw meat man <laughs> yeah they make us do that yeah i don't i'm not trying to poison you i'd mm. rather not yeah what about eggs um, did you have a lot of egg rules about uh, where to put eggs on top or in i usually middle? put the eggs in a separate plastic bag at yeah. the very end with the bread on top that was my that was my maneuver yeah yeah lots of like and yeah nowadays you know now that it's all self checkout yes. it's like i am like super fastidious about the way i bag my stuff <laughs> but i see people sometimes you see people do it and you're like oh you novice yeah yeah <laughs> this is, i've uh, trained in this that takes skilled hands you know yeah i haven't gone to a grocery store with like in a car with the ability to take home more than like three bags in a long time i i just walk everywhere with them and back so i pretty much always like oh if i can just fit it in my backpack that's good and it feels like a personal defeat <laughs> if i have to ask for like can i actually have an extra bag it can't all fit in my backpack please like yeah <laughs> they uh i think the age of the bagger is over though because uh i mean sometimes i'll see people bagging groceries most of the time it's like well you're the person working the register you'll bag the groceries mm. because yeah. we hear people don't want to work anymore the other thing is people uh the, the true thing is stores don't want to hire anybody yeah. So if they can get rid of a job, they will. And they have. Yeah. yeah. I've, you know, I still uh, recently I went into a Trader Joe's early. And I think when they have like doubled up people like, oh, if you're not, if, if I'm not busy in my register, I'll help you bag stuff. I've seen that, but pretty, right. pretty limited. Yeah. I will say when you work uh, last grocery store thing, I swear, <laughs> when you work at a, a store around this time and all the courtesy clerks are guys, the guys who are bagging, the guys who are pushing carts, the guys who are unloading forklifts and, uh, you know, pallets, they can 
consider the cashier to be woman's work. So when they wanted to train me for that, I was like, yes, I will do the quote unquote woman's work. It's way easier to stand behind a register than to shove in like 20 carts at a time in the snow. Call yeah. lady me up. All those sexist guys were looking down on you. About yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was a weirdly gendered position. I remember that very well. And, and I, I was in like a fancy suburb across our town doing the bags. And so you would have to load people's giant SUVs and stuff. Mm. And they would tip also, oh. which was insane. Wow. Dang. <laughs> And I the, and all these memories. Uh, this partially inspired your hit show, OKKO. Okay, <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of retail memories. Had uh, to buy anime and video games somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always glad that that show t- taught a new generation of kids the the pains of retail work. I, I, oh yeah. <laughs> Kids need to be taught that uh, the customers are kind of stupid most of the time. <laughs> uh, that's another great line I love in this episode is Homer's line of like, the customer's always right. That's what everybody likes about us. Like, that's <laughs> such a great line. That's, it feels like a very, I mean, it might not be Schwartzwelder, but it feels like a very Schwartzwelder type line about how the customers, the entitlement of the American consumer, which I love. So I, I took a cursory glance at this. So this was inspired by a real strike? Apparently, yeah. Apparently they they remember it as being an Albertson slash Ralph's thing that was happening in Los Angeles at the time, though I could find no reporting on yeah. it that would fit with the timeline of the late nineties or early aughts. Yeah, yeah, the most notable one I found was in two thousand three and it was so notable that there's a Wikipedia article about it mm. because um Ralph's and Albertsons and other stores, they were uh sort of like cutting benefits and wages and things like that to compete with Walmart. And that's wow. why the grocery workers had a big strike. In, I in Los see, Angeles. I see, man. I mean, that, it's also, it always is weird to me, but I guess it was the style at the time. But all of these, like, you know, proud Writers Guild of America members doing jokes about, like, <laughs> entitled. And I, I'm sure it's mostly Schwarzwalder coming through here, but still, it's it's so strange to me, these WGA guys doing jokes about, like, lazy union guys. I don't know. I mean, it is really funny because, yeah, if the substantive thing about the strike, I don't know what this one was based off of. It's just like so easy to just say like ah they're probably just lazy didn't like people <laughs> yeah. telling them how to bag I get bag and groceries it's true. I didn't like people telling me how to bag but mm. you know that I wouldn't go on strike just for that <laughs> uh, well and also you're you're part of a union Ian that's uh, going through some stuff at the time of this recording true. yeah yeah at the time of this recording it's uh it's a it's a razor's edge mm. on you know if IATSE strikes or not seems like it's averted for now but uh you know. No, hey, they strike, I strike. Solidarity. Sounds like you'll have more free time for podcasting. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I also, as a little kid, I always wanted one of those rubber stoppers like Hummer has. Like those, I always, that was me when, in, in, on shopping with mommy days. I really was like, oh, I, I'll grab the stopper. I'll help. I'm helping. Like I, <laughs> Anything you can touch is filthy i was gonna say that's exactly what i was gonna say that thing is so just caked in just raw meat juice everybody's hand bacteria i would avoid touching that when i when i had to work because i remember having to uh, having to wipe down the uh conveyors and i'd just be like i don't want to touch this thing millions of people touch this man i never thought about the disgustingness of it until (laughs) now i was i as a little kid i love going to the grocery store with uh also the uh i think it deserves to be more memed the 
I want everything in one bag, but I don't want the bag to be heavy. I think that's like just a perfect line about, you know, people's unrealistic wants for things just in life. I like that. Uh, apparently in the script, that was supposed to be Burns doing it, but I think it works better as Agnes. Yeah, Burns would not be shopping yeah. on his own. Yeah, we saw how it happened last time. He was uh, committed. Yeah, exactly. There's no way. Uh, and also Homer, like, again, being so many, he is physically abusing this person. He pinches like, him. Yeah, he's, I, I can't stand here jabbing you all day just hitting him with the with the roll i love that i the another if i could do another punch up on this i feel like that nondescript manager should be like gill or somebody just somebody mm. the the manager it feels lost opportunity it's just like a manager guy uh, but yes the brockman is reporting on it uh we get to see in the background an eye bag and i vote sign which that also feels like a very swartzweldery kind of line when they're talking about the uh other sympathy strikes uh fruit packers is that a gay joke oh i bet you're right okay i i, I feel i feel like some level that had to be a gay joke. i was yes. curious i've never heard that term before but <laughs> it, it seems suspect to me uh, well it's just all of the other unions are like very specific very specific put downs mm -hmm. except for that one so yeah. it must be <laughs> uh i mean and i guess also it's like oh there's a union for that kind of joke like that also is where it's again that the 90s were about destroying unions that's all <laughs> and it just trickles down from on top you know though again i gotta give i i have to say this every time mike scully actually unionized his writing room yeah which you know yeah the, the simpsons should have been a union writing room for the longest time and it's insane it took till the 10th year to do it i think we have thrown out before our conspiracy theory <laughs> that scully as he described it was that they put it to a vote in earlier seasons but they wouldn't do it unless it was unanimous and he said it just wasn't unanimous and then when he got put in charge he says it's a majority vote not a unanimous one <laughs> and i feel like john swartzwalder would have been one of those non those non-unanimous votes in those previous seasons i think so, given what he's written so far yeah, yeah i but that hey i'm just uh that, that's just a baseless conspiracy i'm saying about another person <laughs> so <laughs> it's not legally uh, actionable in any way no but uh but anyway uh then then we get some fun with lenny and carl good luck sir no bad boys are gonna stop lenny from hosting a casual get-together casual <laughs> I can taste that get together now. Hey! I was holding that! Next time I'll knock your hat off, scab! <laughs> so hungry. There's gotta be some food left. So for jerky, cream of toast? Where did we get all this crap? Most of it was sent by relatives who couldn't see very well. <laughs> hey, I found some eggs. The mother abandoned her nest. I love that noise Nancy makes of being horribly pecked by a crow. Like, just like, that's a good noise. Uh, Sulfur jerky is also pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I also like, they've done those, like, what weird food items type thing jokes before, but Marge saying, how do they even get these joke food items? They were sent by relatives who couldn't see very well. That's such a great line. It's uh, also weird that there's only two of them. I was yeah. like, where's the third one? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I also, any Lenny and Carl jokes about, like, one, Lenny Lenny just saying, I can taste that get-together <laughs> now. What a strange Casual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Also, speaking of grocery store behavior, I've been Lenny in many of those situations of just going in and mentally I say to myself, I don't need a basket. I'm just getting one thing. And I am then uh, buying much more than one thing and realizing I, I just can't admit to myself that I have Henry, to go back and get a basket. I'm like, no, I can carry all of this. Your it's, pride will be the death uh, of you. I, I know, <laughs> but it just feels wrong to go back and get a basket. I get a cart from the beginning. I don't trust myself. Uh, well, sure. Look, I don't, it's not like I never grab a basket, but if if I don't choose the basket at the start, then I'm admitting defeat if I walk <laughs> back to get that basket. I can't do it. I, I actually embarrassingly broke a big jug of tea recently <laughs> from doing this because i thought like well that big jug of tea i can definitely carry it with one hand and of course i drop it and a giant uh, bunch of tea spills everywhere and i am very apologetic and then i just say they, when a person says uh that's okay we can go grab another one i will clean it up by then i say i'm going to grab another one and leave the store in shame <laughs> and just like no i can't that, I, can't, that I was, can't be seen anymore that was your basket lesson <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> I've I've been try look I've been trying to unlearn it I've been grabbing <laughs> baskets more often on a Trader Joe's trip I I usually grab a basket now uh, but yes the food supply is cut off uh, Bart also from going from caring about eggs and Bart the mother he is killing bird eggs now by choice mm -hmm. and stealing them from a crow uh, but no reason to play the everybody hates birds jingle because the bird, li the bird uh, wins. wins yeah yeah the bird wins <laughs> bird violence going in the other direction for once I like to see that I should play that. Uh, sound effect backwards actually that's what I should do <laughs> but we then see Santa's little helper smells food you know we just recorded Bart's dog gets an F and we talked about how dumb he is in that one as a dog he is the reverse in this this is a very can, clever Santa's little helper he can helper open here. doors yes yeah. oh man not just the door he can jump like uh, seven eight feet in the air and 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 open the cellar or the attic door yeah i really loved the acting on him leaving to get the food without alerting the family mm -hmm. it was uh it was like a really nice moment yeah the real good sneaky dog acting and even even a shifty dog eyes darting back and forth they even do that the, the, the classic sign of an evil dog uh, but uh, they chase him up the stairs. Homer even has a classic yoink as he takes it. That's again another great joke. <laughs> Homer yoinks it out of his hand, and then uh, Santa's little helper is biting his leg. And it's ten times funnier to me that Homer has no reaction <laughs> yeah. to it. He just does not does not reference it at all. <laughs> They find Homer's old lunchbox, which again makes Homer uh, his original age, not the Homer who grew up in, who is our age that they write now in the show, which, which I just, I've, I'm just, uh, I'm nonplussed by it now. I'm just like, fine, Homer and Marge are my age. Mm -hmm. And eventually in 10 years of doing the show, they won't even be my age. No. I'll be older than them. So uh -huh. I think, yeah, you just got to embrace that sliding timeline. I think mm -hmm. as long as they stick with what they've said, which is that now it's not that their prom was in the 70s but that it was a 70s themed prom mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that can happen at any time so yeah uh, in 10 I, years homer will be saying i remember ben 10 yes yep <laughs> that was your favorite show 
yes, Burke's Law is the lunchbox. Yes. And uh, I, they picked the perfect unknown show. Never heard of uh, it. 1963 yeah. to 1966. It's about a millionaire detective. Uh, and <laughs> right this, for a comeback, that type of show now. And it, be, it became a spy show in the last year because spies were popular. Oh, that's so funny. They gave they give up on their premise in the third year, and they're like, uh, it's James Bond now. No, no more of this Perry Mason stuff. And it came back in 1994 with the same lead character what? on the old people network cbs which is oh, what it was then so course. it's like this old guy can still do it <laughs> so uh, uh i have a clip of the opening a song the most important part of it it's burke's law oh yeah that's it. Okay. Wow, man. That That's is for sexy. all those horny World War II vets out there watching at home. <laughs> oh, man, that's uh, what a good. I think that is a great deep cut for them to pick. In a very Schwarzwelder. That's right up there with Schwarzwelder's love of Sheriff Lobo and Wagon Train. It's one of those uh, properties I'm surprised didn't get a movie in the 90s because things that no one ever watched, like SWAT and Wild Wild West, those were shows <laughs> that got way bigger movies in the 90s, and no one had any True. memories of the original shows. <laughs> Honestly, I think I've watched every cop show I need to watch now. I think I'm good. Just leave those in the past. No, I don't need to see new hero cops. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, but uh, but yes, this cop show thing opens it up. That's where Homer finds an aged box of animal crackers from the 60s, which again fits up with Homer being born in the 50s. Yeah, this animal crackers thing. That is one of those things that was so consistent for basically a century. You could do a box of animal crackers jokes and children of any age will get it then. Like I looking it up, I was like, wow, that those animal crackers had been that way since nineteen oh two when they when they teamed up with Barnum Circus for it yeah but they but they actually freed the animals yeah i now. saw that i saw in 2018 nabisco worked with PETA to redesign i was shocked they stayed in the cages until 2018 wow. you would have figured they'd have uh, changed it earlier so the packaging yeah. is just like a jungle or something now or it's basically almost like an avengers style lineup of the <laughs> animals walking forward just all which you know i i have to say in a, in a database kind of way a lion just standing next to that giraffe and they're just walking up i don't now i feel like that feels dangerous for all the other uh the, the animals to be around the predator animal they there. were in jail for 90 years together they formed a gang <laughs> I mean, yeah, all the animals were caged because, you know, it was supposed to look like a train car, like from Dumbo. You know, that's how I always viewed it as a kid. Uh, also, the, the last time they added new animals to it was a koala and a cobra in 2002. There's some more animal cracker facts for you. I, I, as a picky little kid, if I got handed those, I would think they were too plain and I didn't <laughs> like them as a kid. I was like, man. They were, they were really dry, I, re I remember. They I mean, needed like a Dunkaroo Reservoir served sure. with them. Yes, yeah. Or I, I would bet it was because it was... Uh, was a cheap thing but when i had a uh local babysitter as a little kid that's the treats would not be regular animal crackers it would be the fully frosted animal crackers instead so i have much more childhood attachment to those as uh, though i mean giving a kid their own little box of animal crackers i could see you know as a kid who likes to have this is my thing that's mine it's not one cookie from a box it's my box of cookies but yeah, I mean, as far as flavors go, I can't believe animal crackers are still popular with kids today. The ki kids today, will they even like the the taste of those things? Shape them like influencers. Yeah. <laughs> All your favorites. Now, Ooh. those TikTokers, they should be in cages. Fudge but... Markipliers. <laughs> I mean, didn't the Barnum's actual circus 
like stop? Huh, you know, it I, did. It did. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It due got, due to popular demand, trip off a Simpsons joke. Yeah, it's right. it closed down because because it, it's just depressing, right? Like if you go now, you're just seeing these poor animals get whipped. Yeah, I mean, no kid wants to go see that, and it smells bad in the tent too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and everyone hates clowns, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now now I'm looking at Barnum's Animal Crackers. They're branded with minions now, even though they, <laughs> the animals are still in the package. Oh. There's just a minion on the box to let you know, like, kids, you don't know what animals are. You've seen these yellow things. <laughs> that is I guess perfect. minions are technically animals, so yeah. sure, why not? See, now, I think the cookies, as they stand, you could put those into the shape of a minion, and kids would respond to that positively. And it's not too, I mean, what, like, you know, a cheetah lying down. How far is that from the shape of, like, you know, Bob or Steve of our beloved <laughs> minion friends? It's not as one-to-one as minions to Twinkies was, of course. But it, right. th- that's perfect. I still can't get over how big the minions are and how, old, and how very old and established they are. Now, Now a generation has outgrown the minions. It's true. You're totally right, Bob. There's people just like the three of us were with Simpsons who are going to see that new, you know, the the next Minions 2, the uh, Gru origin story. (laughs) And they're going to think, man, the Minions aren't what it used to be. Minions used to mean something. (laughs) They'll be taking their kids and saying, this is something dad used to like. (laughs) Yes. uh, uh, Man, uh, horrible. I I hate this time moving. (laughs) But but anyway, yes, Homer bites into this and this discovers a golden giraffe which this again feels like them making fun of themselves because the mockingly easy idea would be the simpsons win an easy old contest like a forgotten contest and that's how they get a free trip to africa and that then they instantly deflate that of like well no you don't get to it's an old a box of like I, that felt like a good joke yeah. on themselves i like there. the curveball that they actually had a meeting with homer to say no yes yeah uh i mean it would be even better if they're like well no we're not going to africa oh we want a trip to africa actually no and then the next two acts are a completely different story and they don't go to Africa. But uh, but yes, Homer takes it to the Kitchen Maid Inc. in this next clip, which the logo for that company. I love that logo. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's an under someone carving up the planet in a maid outfit. I like that a lot. Sir, that contest ended 30 years ago. We don't even make animal crackers anymore. We make household poisons and Christmas lights. Your box made promises of a vacational nature, and I expect you to live up to them. (laughs) We won't, though. (laughs) Sir, with all due respect, an old box of cookies is not a legal contract. Ow! My eye! We're in a good deal of trouble. He could sue us. This defective string. Yeah, and it's got very sharp corners. Mr. Simpson, we've decided to make good on your vacation. Woohoo! Hey, mister. Yes? On the plane. I'm going to need two seats for the twins. <laughs> the Simpsons are going to Africa. Yay! <laughs> what is it, Nagongo? Evil is coming. What shall we do, Nagongo? Uh, you are Nagongo now. <laughs> I guess at least the joke is that the Simpsons are happy to go there and it's the the people who live in Africa that are scared mm-hmm. of the Simpsons. That's that's a joke, but <laughs> right before this scene, 
I got a huge smile from Homer eating the animal crackers. And it's like, those were made in the 60s. And he tastes them and he says, mmm, turbulent. <laughs> That's a good one. I got a laugh out of me. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I also like that Homer, he wants to do everything that's on the back of the box, which that is a very good, it felt very Schwarzweldery too, of like, well, what is an inaccurate picture of <laughs> Africa? And it's uh, the, the explorer shooting a lion directly in the face. And then uh, Box Muhammad Ali, a reference to, of course, the Rumble in the Jungle, the famous Ali-George Foreman fight from 1974 in Kinshasa, uh, the city of Kinshasa in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, though Zaire at the time. If I know Kinshasa be, because of a pro wrestler. He grew up loving Muhammad Ali, so he has a move called Kinshasa as a reference to uh, where that fight took place. So that's how I know it. The shooting a lion in the face, that is such <laughs> an extreme looking picture that I I had a good laugh at that. Pretty funny. Yeah. yeah but i guess also it wouldn't be you know already they're talking about uh they're doing jokes about the evils of unions i guess they also need to do jokes about like spurious lawsuits yeah or, like, people <laughs> sue over anything kind of joke like, again that's that's i was like i was every moment it was just like how is this gonna lead up to a <laughs> people's and unions are bad and they should just sit down and enjoy what they've been handed joke and it's like oh there's another one uh, everybody wants something yeah uh so then we uh start act two the family is uh flying in uh to uh tanzania and bart now has on a green shirt i think everybody else is their vacation clothes seem relatively similar to like i think lisa is wearing like the exact outfit she wore in other trip episodes but i've never seen bart wear a green shirt he's green shirt in a million ads in our gr uh, growing this up is, but he's uh, never in the show merchandising part is uh, taking over this role regular bart <laughs> wanted to stay home <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like in that call in those uh Call of the Simpsons Burger King toys, Bart did have a green shirt. Yeah, and, yeah. But he didn't have brown pants, which is kind of weird. I, I he's missing his lucky red cap. That's that's what he's missing in this. I wish he'd have brought that with him, but uh yeah, him see, seeing him in maybe they thought the orange shirts like didn't mit mix well with all their backgrounds for this episode and the travel maybe I don't know. that's why as we found out from bill morrison who drew most of those original green shirt parts all the green and blue shirts were just demands of advertisers of like this this looks better with a butterfinger wrapper if he's wearing a green shirt than, <laughs> than an orange shirt calming blue mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and i'm sure it's that and also uh so many of those wrappers are like limited color palettes mm -hmm. so they're just doing what they can to fit them in and uh, yes as they are about to land in tanzania they are then uh, told that the name of the country has changed which i think the joke from an american viewpoint was african countries change their names a lot which i mean i eh, corny I, I, I have the history of this it's real it's actually really brief uh, uh so tanzania yeah. the country and its name were formed in april of 1964 through a merger between uh tanganyika and Zanzibar and was first called the United Republic of Tanganyika and Zanzibar before being named renamed Tanzia. So it was just renamed once. Mm. So like like territories in America have been renamed more than <laughs> territories in Africa. Mm. But again, it's more of like a very non-specific joke yeah. um, about a specific place, which is like, I don't know. I, I hate saying things like lazy writing or anything. And that's not what I'm trying to say here. But it's like, I do wish it was something more specific about the place they were going to. We are yeah. also at the end of a season. Yes. And the, the steam yeah. kind of runs out That's for them, true. understandably. Yeah. I mean, it, 
you really do feel like they jammed one out here and you know <laughs> it, it works as an episode so just print it you know uh you know my lowered expectations when they actually said the name of a real country instead of like we are landing in africa now as their plane landed i i uh, honestly i appreciated that i was like well they named a real place but also tanzania has like real cities and highways and an airport they just land in a dirt patch and they're in Lion King world for the rest of the episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, uh, uh, it so- is kind of it is kind of weird that they went through the through the trouble of like designing an airport that's made out of sticks or whatever. <laughs> yeah, which is like that's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty off. Yeah, I, I don't think the airport. Well, I guess it, it the airport seems to be made out of the same stuff as the hotel they go to later in the episode. Yeah, the Swiss yeah. Family Robinson Hotel. Yes, <laughs> uh, but they they meet their guide when they land. Hello, hello, Simpsons. Welcome to Africa. I am your guide, Kitenge. Hey, how you Hi. doing? Hi. Oh, Isn't that cute? A bush baby. Where? Shoo, shoo. Oh, man. I just bought this shirt. I like that. Uh, that I did chuckle at that. That he seemingly you thought he had like an animal sidekick that's going to be hanging around the whole episode. Instead, he's just like you. What? Yuck! Like he just <laughs> shoes it away. Like I, okay, I chuckled a little at that. I also feel like uh, this is a lot about everybody hates Lisa's beliefs kind of thing. Of just that. I'm going to ask you to play the clip later, Henry. Yeah, for a few things. This feels like the this little slow start to it of Lisa being like, "Oh, isn't that fun?" And somebody just goes like what no yuck get out of here you're wrong <laughs> uh, also you know their first thing about wildlife being wrong from what i googled uh bush babies aka galagos they are nic- they're nocturnal so hmm. they wouldn't even be there in the daytime but tisk tisk they d- i'm like they didn't have google back then but wait it was 2001 so i think technically they must have had something google was like 98 or something yeah yeah also, it's like, I don't know, Wiki- Wikipedia might not have existed, but they must add like, you know, uh, Lycos. Br- uh, just an Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> perhaps, around them, you know? Uh, but Katenge played, you know, Axaria as the style of the time. We, the, the master of accents, Axaria, as we've said. <laughs> uh, but uh, also the music here that Alf Clausen is doing, I thought it's kind of interesting because it feels like a takeoff of Hans Zimmer's Lion King score mm-hmm. that, like, basically audibly says africa to american viewers ears i guess but the the irony is that then hans zimmer takes alf clausen's job mm. or really alf, uh, hans zimmer's uh many assistants his production do. company his production company yeah. yes yeah. yeah bleeding edge music i think it is yeah i think you're right yeah yeah we then see our first hint of the uh, uh president muntu who seems like a pastiche of like Idi Amin and robert mugabe just again the few the few african leaders americans have heard of they just kind to roll them into one there for just easy jo- again it's like what if you made, made a, a list of like what do your average americans know about africa that would be one of them but easy easy gag but uh but though kirkland said he did try to keep accurate with like well in kenya when he was lived there like he, the steering wheels on that side because it's former british colony so mm-hmm. they have cars on with a steering wheel on that side he cared that and they there's some level of care here i would say <laughs> You can definitely see his leveling care and stuff like that and the and like not accurate, but that all of the place names are, you know, definitely picked off of a map of oh, these are actual places. Mm-hmm. Um but I think 
even that level of care cannot stand up to <laughs> an entire department's indifference to depicting mm-hmm. uh, a place. And I mean, you know, there it's a cartoon, so it's like it's so many cliches. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's hard. To, it's hard to fault anybody for just being like, I've seen the Lion King a couple times. I'll just draw that. <laughs> you know, Kirkland. I he's he's fighting up river here. I guess yeah, against yeah. against the stream. But um, but yes, then. They have a very silly Swartzweldery joke, too, of them thinking they're being told they're going to sleep on the ground tonight, but actually it's like a five-star hotel it just up in the trees in a giant, like, yeah, the, the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse from Disneyland. There's multiple times in this where I was like, oh, yeah, this is just a Disneyland joke here also, or just like, this is your ex- your, your vision <laughs> of Africa is something you saw at a Disney The Jungle park. Cruise yes. before I mean- it was a movie. If this was if this show was being done in current times, Simba and Timon and Pumbaa would just walk up and start talking to the Simpsons. Yeah, actually, I'm surprised they didn't get more specific. I mean, there is one very specific Lion King joke, but yeah. <laughs> oh boy, can you guys believe Disney owns the Simpsons? Yeah. There's a lot of jokes you could make about that. Yeah. I hope the show does it themselves. <laughs> I think they should step in and make those jokes for the next uh, I don't know hundred years. It would be really brave if they did. Yes. That. You know, by the time this episode goes out, we haven't seen it yet, but I do believe another crossover is coming out to, on Disney Plus. I don't that they they haven't shown what it's going to be. I'm curious. The reason I watch The Simpsons is so they can pay tribute to brands. <laughs> Number one, oh, jokes come second. Yeah. yeah, all the best brands. I, yeah. you know, I just watched Loki, and now I'm gonna. Yeah, hey, I really feel for David Silverman. I think he's doing the best he can with those things. I just, I, I always feel like saying that because I, I love David Silverman, and I think mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's given, he's given a tough assignment with those. You I know, think. I really respect David Silverman, and you know, he's one of the best like animation directors. I, I, do, I do think though, I do really wish that those shorts and those. Cross- crossovers that they did and especially and even the maggie ones that are in the theater i really think that those could actually be the time when they do something like in a different style Mm -hmm. though i think they've only said like oh we only do different animation styles on treehouse every once in a while but they seem to break that like everywhere it really does seem like oh for a theatrical short like the kind of tv looking simpson style isn't really gonna cut it Mm. it does i do wish that that was the place where they were like let's do different character designs or hire some different artists or a different team to do it in cg or a different kind of 2d animation or something well and with silverman you know that you really that's a great pitch Ian, because with with silverman i've seen his design like what if he just draws a crusty how he feels like drawing crusty where he's like i don't need to totally match uh, have it be you know tv correct it's such an interesting style like he's and you can see where his personal style meets up with simpson style like in yeah like uh in in the chili pepper episode there's some bits where homer like looks more like a silverman drawing mm-hmm. than, a, than a graining drawing and it'd be amazing to see something like that and also i think it would be you know like i guess a, a self-tribute maybe is a way or just a, a sign of respect to silverman of like you know what you can do this short in your style and like break the yeah. rules make a whole new new character models do all that but and and if they want to win that oscar for short subject like i know yeah. <laughs> they really they really want that oscar i mm. uh, if anyone 
from The Simpsons is listening to this. If you really want that Oscar, let him do something artistic. And also, and, and give him more than three months, maybe. I maybe. think so. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, as they as they go to the hotel, they also, there's a scene of Homer's luggage. He throws his luggage up. It falls down, lands in a spider web. And a giant spider covers it in acid, seemingly. And uh, but you know those. Now when I see a giant spider, I just think that's uh, that's uh, the new viral video content is disgusting giant spider content. Oh boy, I see that I see that too much on Twitter. Maybe it's yeah. just they always stick with me anytime I see a giant spider. Stop following the giant spider accounts. <laughs> Get them out of your feed. <laughs> Uh, one joke I think that's a little too subtle is the inside out mosquito net because you have to think a lot about it to mm. understand that it's a joke where it's like for whatever reason if a mosquito net is inside out it will actually attract mosquitoes <laughs> and they'll be trapped inside yeah. with you even though uh, it doesn't make any sense yeah it just feels like it's funnier on paper than it is them for them to depict it it just mm. like you think too much about it yeah the staging of that joke it really uh, makes or breaks it I, I got it after watching it but it wasn't a laugh it was more like a <laughs> huh okay uh, uh, yeah the also the bits the bits with those uh mosquitoes like it was another of those moments where i paused like boy not only do i tip the hat to kirkland for trying to get some accuracy from what he remembers from staying in the area but also you know travel episodes are so hard for the animators every time and this is like new character models for all the simpsons all these new characters for every place they're gonna go and tons of specific animal acting and here's a joke of just like hey draw a bunch of mosquitoes inside a see-through net and make it read in the Simpsons style like that into it unto itself seems like an incredible challenge for <laughs> for a joke that's hard to get and then also Homer didn't tip Katenge which that that's very Homer of him like uh, but I hope at least Katenge helped guilted him into getting some <laughs> getting getting a tip at least Katenge will be fine oh yes he <laughs> it ends up pretty good for him even though he takes a real beating in this episode yeah oh yeah yeah but uh but yeah then it was a real runner in the scully years too of Ma lisa saying mom bart blah 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 blah, blah. and this one of her saying like bart compared me to a warthog, warthog. that's good <laughs> uh though then when it reveals like no there is a warthog there i was like eh, okay yeah all right sure there's nothing more to it there's a couple things in here where i was like well that would be an acceptable joke in some other show but i i expect a slightly more from the simpsons kind of thing but again i felt so bad for kirkland's team that clearly the script said so you know just do the opening to lion king you know that shot <laughs> that's like one of the most like gorgeous and expensive and complicated things in animation history like just do that we need a reference to that at, uh, I, I feel for them in that in that moment. But uh, Homer's not impressed with it. He sees that the uh, he's just looking at the odometer. Old, stupid Homer. Just like March was distracted by the musical garment bags on the plane. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so are those garment bags that you put musical instruments in, or are they, they bags for garments that make music? I think they play music when you open them. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then uh, they then head to the Nagoro Nagoro Conservation Area is what it's called now. It's a real place. They've it's uh, the not not. I paused on it because I was like, oh, is this a sign gag? And I was like, no, no, real place, real place. <laughs> uh, located in northern Tanzania. So at least they're still in the same country. You know, they're flying around this country everywhere. But <laughs> there's again, you know, I give them props for uh, definitely. You know, you said they probably had encyclopedias around. They definitely opened an encyclopedia <laughs> and picked out place names. Yes. I think know? that and I give them props for doing that. That's more than you would expect. 
I, I think that Jeep got all 10,000 miles on this trip. Yeah, that's true. With where they're going. Yes. When I when I Googled distance from Mount Kilimanjaro to Victoria Falls, I was like, well, that's 10,000 miles right there. <laughs> uh, though also, though, shouldn't it be kilometers on there? You know, for being really specific here. it's uh, but Kilometers doesn't read. No. <laughs> People like miles. Nobody knows what that is. Uh, but, but yes, Bob, I, I believe this is where there's really a big, uh, well, here, I'll play the jingle. Take that, Lisa's beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's time for them to watch Nature Unveil Itself, which, uh, Lisa knows actual facts about animals and the show actively discourages her from believing them. Now we sit quietly and wait for nature to unveil herself. Rhinos don't come from eggs. What did you just see, Lisa? I know, but... What did you just see? (gasps) (gasps) Oh, now, come on. Look, Mother, by that tree. Cheetah. Mm, He doesn't look so fast to me. Take it, The show's second Good Morning Star Sign <laughs> reference. That's a real. Series. That's a real song he's singing. Yes. Yeah. It's. Uh, I believe it's Way Way by Angelique uh, Kijo. Uh, pardon my mispronunciation if I got anything wrong there, but. Uh, yeah, Hank Azaria was taught by someone how to sing that. Mm. They brought somebody in, like a Swahili professor or something. Yeah, apparently, when they speak Swahili later in the episode, they definitely got that. And yeah, it's uh, the 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 singer is uh, uh, Beninese. So okay, completely other side. But I mean, I I apparently it was a hit in Africa as well. It was an Afro pop hit in '91. Apparently, I I had not heard the song way way before. But uh, the, <laughs> also from looking at the YouTube videos of the song. Uh, definitely there is no crossover between Simpsons fans and fans who comment on their uh, the song on YouTube because <laughs> that's a shame. It's one the of, Simpsons fans should be uh, brigading that entire comment section. <laughs> it's one of those things. If you hear a song in a movie and you look it up to see like, oh, what's the name of this song? Often I will see in the comments like I'm only here because I heard it in this movie mm. and but uh, but mostly it's just respectful <laughs> fans of the artist saying like I love this song or also uh, one of the producers of the song had passed away in the last few years it was like R.I.P. Mm. producer's name like meanwhile every NRBQ song on YouTube is just Simpson Simpson yes, Simpson exactly. Simpson. <laughs> Also, the yeah, but this is a real like take that Lisa's beliefs because Lisa is the nerd at home who says who they were thinking, oh, they're all going to say these. This is not what this wildlife animal does. That's not what that animal does. So they aggressively make it wrong. A rhino hatching out of an egg, a giraffe that is like basically a mole and <laughs> and lay and the cheetah is not. I guess the way the cheetah gets scared away is uh, inaccurate, but in all other ways, the cheetah acts like how I guess a cheetah acts like it's fast, right. you know. 
but but I guess you get the hippo stuff later. Oh yes, yeah, that was again. Lisa must be punished for believing something. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> uh, and then the poachers show up. Which when this moment happened too, I was like, oh, this became a Captain Planet episode ever so briefly. <laughs> <laughs> Though then, when you know that these guys are Greenpeace, who are they saving this cheetah from? Then when they what what they're not poaching the cheetah, they are. Because they're the Greenpeace guys who were later. I, I that's I I would like answers to that. Yeah, what are they doing here? Yeah, but, uh, but they lost their cargo pants, which again is 2001. Time for jokes about cargo pants. Henry, you are a proud cargo pants wearer. You know, I had stopped. Don't for a throw while. cargo pants in your cargo pants house. <laughs> <laughs> I for a while I had worn them, but it got hot and I was exercising a lot more. And I was like, boy, I, my legs need to sweat. I, <laughs> I I I'm more of a cargo pants wearer now. The cargo pants are about to go away because it's getting mm. cold again. But yes, I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> You're wearing them now? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, you know, you can you can take your uh, Game Boy Color anywhere you go. Exactly. It's always this the feel of a of a Nintendo uh, handheld slapping your thigh as you're running is is it's are you, a special feel. Are you putting a switch in there? Is there a pocket big enough? No, no. I pretty much I know I can't now. It's too awkward to walk around. I just really it is. I don't own regular shorts. If I if I buy shorts, I just like well cargo pants. You know they they do have all those pockets. What if I need them? You know, <laughs> I'm already a front pocket wallet user. Uh, that's just know? for safety. I am too. <laughs> you know, our generation before us told us it makes your thighs look lumpy and it's ugly. Every you know, I I, I when I'd had friends who still kept them in their back pocket, I was like, what are you, your dad? Put them <laughs> on the side. Yeah. <laughs> is 2001 a time for cargo pants and this this is around when on the commentary kirkland says then you had us draw chihuahuas chasing a jeep which was really hard and then you cut it and <laughs> on the commentary the the writers kind of cut the tension with the joke just joking like uh well hey i'm sure i'm sure it was still looked good even though we didn't use it like i think this line homer says about poachers is what john Swartzwelder actually believes 100 percent. is that they make yes. uh, the animal kingdom easier for us to understand by killing certain species <laughs> off uh, it's easier to understand all the time it really does uh all right so then well another one of those oh they did look it up uh the the Olduvai Gorge in Tanzania it is where the famously the the, the archaeologist the Leakies discovered early humanoid fossils so and this is correct in a I googled it sense so mm -hmm. this is a correct thing which you know more research than you expect but I I do like Homer being unimpressed by these fossils this is the earliest known fossil of a human being it's over two million years old I've got more bones than that guy. If you're trying to impress me, you've failed. It's not the number of bones, sir. It's the... You have failed. Hmm. It's uh, Homer only impressed by the number of bones and something like that. I mean, it's it's for the sake of the staging of the joke, but I like how this priceless uh, piece of history <laughs> is just unprotected. Just hanging out. Just yeah. like hanging out of, yeah, hanging out of the shelf of, of uh, dirt. It's like a uh, Halloween skeleton embedded in the uh, rock wall. <laughs> Uh, I guess at the root of all this is that Homer is John Swartzwelder when probably when taking on any vacation, seeing anything, he's like, well, this is dumb. Why'd I leave my <laughs> home? That's, I think that's mainly what 
uh, what John Swartzwelder feels. <laughs> then, yes, they they visit Maasai tribe again in one of those. Well, Google tells me it's true things. Apparently, drinking cow blood is a, a Maasai cultural tradition for special occasions. So mm-hmm. that's what I googled as well. Yes, yeah. So it, it stands up to Google, which is true, which is all the information I need. But and apparently, Kirkland, you know, again, he was like, yeah, that's I he uh, I think he had even drank some cow blood as part of his his trip there. But uh, then also very weird joke of them spitting the blood and then all the people just laughing at it that that's strange the well the fun unexplained uh joke that they draw the line at cow blood they're like oh what kind of blood it's like they'd be okay with any other kind of blood i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, you know now i have to i gotta watch my uric acid intake so no cow blood for me Mm. that's uh i already had a very gravy uh sandwich that messed up my uh, messed me up did you drop a jug of cow blood at target henry is that what happened <laughs> uh, if, if you must know it was uh, zero calorie tea from uh. arizona tea company which uh, i you know i contend they have very flimsy jugs you know <laughs> it's their it's their fault for making a if their jug was tougher it could take a fall of like four feet class action lawsuit time yes <laughs> this next joke i hate yep uh, oh, it yeah. sucks and they should have just cut it because there were was just some miscommunication i mean it's not good in the first place in the writing but the way it's executed in the animation i'm not blaming the animators i feel like something was lost in the translation and they just had bart or nancy carrot ad lip something over bart's like lip flapping Uh, it's it's very strange and just uh, gross one again and lip lip plates and neck rings are not part of maasai culture that too that too that's one of those moments they just throw up their hands like yeah but we've seen lip plates and neck rings in in a national geographic cover so we're just gonna do the joke like screw you yeah Uh, which yeah it's uh i mean that kind of it's if you're somebody who grew up seeing the national geographic covers those are it is striking imagery the first time you see like a lip plate or the neck rings but it is such like a cliche easy joke yeah and then bart's j- the lip has already been fully changed uh it's it's also just weird to see the inside of uh, of a simpson lip like yeah dumb yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is weird points for a funny drawing though <laughs> that's true yeah hearing seeing his long lip flapping just, uh, yeah just work with with their anatomy for me i don't know why what it is it just well because they have underbites too yeah like, so yeah. i guess when you have no jawline how do you do a lower lip joke yeah that's also true <laughs> uh and yes then their cuts to the they're all dancing they've been dancing for hours which uh, everybody's loving and they're jumping over the fire lisa even seems to be like blow making noise out of a uh, antelope horn which again one of those things like well the internet does say maasai people do that so i guess they got it right hmm. but what it all at least feels respectful unlike say the lip plate joke is less respectful but it also feels like mike scully getting his, one of his dad rock jokes in there yeah. comparing it to an allman brothers concert <laughs> i have the reference for this unfortunately oh, no. uh homer is probably referring to mountain jam uh that's an improvised jam based on donovan's there is a mountain released on the 1972 allman brothers album uh eat a peach i see it's 33 wow. minutes long oh man that uh, that donovan song already drills into your brain like the donovan song is two minutes and 30 seconds i think we got the point yes yeah <laughs> uh and then though again one of those other things like oh you get the the this dance seems accurate and then it's like oh and of course a hippo is sleeping just in the middle of the village yeah. like that's uh, that's normal yeah but it's all just for a hungry hungry hippo joke i don't know they already did they did hungry hungry homer the same season we already we got the hungry hippos joke this bit here of i do like 
the cruelty to the character of Katenge and yeah. Homer's lack of caring about it. I do like it. Homer, no! Ah, a hungry, hungry hippo! Ah, 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 ah. Help, Katenge! Ah. Now, Simpsons, run for it! Good old Katenge. And it did it scampers away from it because this hippo is scared of water, which is though when they were doing this jokes, this is when it became a meme thing for friends to tell each other, like, did you actually know the hippo is the most dangerous? Like Mm -hmm. that became one of those like facts everybody shares that they think they're sharing for the first time kind of facts. Yeah, Uh, Uh, I I appreciated the the brutalness (laughs) of that beat down that Katenge got. I thought that was really thought that was really good <laughs> he's so horribly trampled which makes it all the funnier when homer goes like good old katenge <laughs> i forgot he didn't die yes yeah and it's a fun sheet but look how big the shield is when it's placed in the water <laughs> compared to when homer picks it up yeah it becomes a family-sized boat <laughs> That's true. yeah when well, we were watching water. it yesterday i was watching it with rebecca and she was just like is it a boat now what's going <laughs> on I'm like i don't know it's just a shield it. it was a shield now it's a boat for a family of five yes yeah that fits them all it works as a funny little misdirect of homer picks up the shield and spear seemingly with determination on his face and then instantly turns away like it's a boat let's get in the boat (laughs) i mean it's all just to start it being a jungle cruise series of jokes then which this and i think too this was another reason i had a negative reaction to this episode even in 2001 this is just the joke in boy scouts in the hood like Mm. it's the same the two side like oh which direction do we go in the boat kind of thing i was like this is i mean the only difference is that at least amplifies it it's a longer joke homer looks longer at it and then right after they have a joke about homer reading a child map and acting like it's a map mm. which also is from boy scouts in the Hood. i guess a uh, homer uh captain a raft the jokes only flow in one direction they will yeah. lead you to the same joke that's true right. yeah <laughs> uh well at least here homer has to be told that to the left the left but of course the wind blows them back in the other direction uh may, forcing them to be in uh <laughs> forcing them to go in the da- dangerous route also, a very cartoony chomp from that big leech that yes. bites Homer. It's, it's, it's very big. Weird design on that giant leech. I didn't know what it was until the commentary said, oh, that's a big leech. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I I don't know. I forget what the killer leeches look like in uh, MST3K. I don't think they had big googly eyes on them, though. No, but... they're just like sleeping bags. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And so, yes, as we start Act 3, now it's the Jungle Cruise. They're just basically going by, like, skulls on trees. Like, it's... This is a very... Africa got much more cartoony in between Acts 2 and 3, I'd say. Now it's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like Homer... Again, it, it is the joke from Boy Scouts in the Hood, but Homer saying, "Animal now, according to Animal Crackers, there's no river here, and he's about <laughs> to just step off the boat. That's a good joke. I like that. <laughs> and also Homer's, yes, description of being killed by a uh, crocodile. Uh, 
I guess it's saying like, oh, I've heard that drowning is the most peaceful way to die. (laughs) He describes it as like, it's like going to sleep, but in a blender. It's all right. I like that. And so apparently then as they are spotted, they, this is a joke they also did several times in Scully years. I'm thinking too of when they go to the Russia town Mm. and the Russians there are like shouting very loudly in their language, but they're saying friendly things to each other. This is a similar thing of, you know, they, they are scared by these tribesmen who are then speaking in Swahili to each other, but it's all just friendly things about wanting to show the Simpsons a drawing. <laughs> Picture, and all yeah. That. yeah, which, uh, again, like you, like you said about, uh, just like with the Frank Welker thing, Bob, they went to the trouble of, like, apparently they called a professor at UCLA for, like, accurate translation of this i believe into swahili but they don't they again they're just like ah dan dan and harry they can just say this to each other that's fine yeah i like that after this homer reminds us of the act one story that's the best yes it's it's very i I like how meta it is because i mean this is not nothing new like we usually leave that behind but it's funny when a character remembers like how was that act one thing going (laughs) that resolve uh that that is great i yes uh actually i i have the clip of that one here Oh, you think they settled that bag boy strike yet? Huh. Oh no, we're headed for Victoria Falls! Here's why they shouldn't get anything. <laughs> what? <laughs> this flower saved our lives! Oh no, it's eating us! Not a chance. Wow, Dad, how did you do that? It's a flower. (laughs) Are we insane yet? Are we insane yet? Are we insane yet? I told you, yes. Now, Bart, go to the top of that hill and see if you can spot our hotel. Mount Kilimanjaro? Go. Okay. Ah! (laughs) A chimp. Hello, little fella. Hey, maybe he'll lead us to bananas. Or more mouth-watering monkeys. <laughs> Overtime for bag boys. Ridiculous. <laughs> you can't uh, forget the Act 1 story. I now, think yeah. the ridiculousness of the entire family swinging on one vine, Tarzan style, and then Homer calling back the Act 1 thing, pretty good joke. Yeah, I, like, I laugh pretty good. How did we get here? Yeah. And uh, yeah. if, if it's possible, I don't even know if it's possible. I don't think there's like enough bodies of water that connect the two, but... <laughs> They floated for 1,500 miles mm, mm. from uh, Tanzania to Zimbabwe to get to Victoria Falls. <laughs> and then back the other way to Mount Kilimanjaro. Yes. Then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was the part of the episode where I was like, oh, this is like Call of the Simpsons 2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like, but it's in that, in that season 12-y quippy kind of way that's true yeah in the same way they fall over a waterfall in in call of the simpsons and uh although this time they just crash into a flower which uh i love homer just tearing apart this flower like it's a flower like there was never danger here everything's fine it's a flower although he's destroying like i mean that also makes it very swirl that he's destroying precious wildlife like probably a very rare flower of some kind but that all then again that also feels very looney tune 
cartoons of like, uh, you know, the mm. killer flower, the giant flower that eats people kind of thing. And then, you know what? That mouthwatering monkey thing. That also feels like a call or a repeat of their joke with Mojo. Because oh, Abe mm. was going to eat Mojo. He's like, I can't right. wait to eat that monkey. The, the Simpson men just want to try monkey meat. <laughs> Homer learned it from his father. That's how he yeah. knows how delicious monkeys are. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean... A chimp shows up. I should have realized that Jane Good in my first viewing I should have been like, All right, Jane Good all time. That's yes, the joke here. uh Joan Bushwell. Which yeah. is a is a fun, like uh low effort parody of the name Jane Goodall, mm -hmm. uh, who did her most important work studying chimps, uh, wild chimps at the Gombe Stream National Park in Tanzania. Uh, still alive at 87 as of this recording. Wow. And I think there's a bit of uh, Diane Fossey in this as well because uh, mm. she did a lot of great work with gorillas, but apparently she was a gigantic jerk, which is why no one could figure out who murdered her because she made so many enemies. Oh, wow. I didn't um, know this. <laughs> it was assumed that she was killed by poachers, but a lot of people think uh, she knew too much about animal trafficking within the Rwandan elite. And they uh, had her murdered. Huh. So, uh, yeah, she died, and that's why they made Gorillas in the Mist, the movie about her. Oh, it's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. So she died. Yeah. In, she was murdered in 85. 87 was that movie. Interesting. So that's. I think that's what this, uh, you know, the poachers in quotes coming at the end is a reference to Diane Fossey's ah, death. Ah, got it. So got it. there were two monkey ladies, all right? Sure. <laughs> white, white monkey ladies who went to Africa to study yeah. things. Maybe it's because Fossey passed away that in my mind I keep thinking like, oh, Jane Goodall, R.I.P. It's like, I have to be reminded every time I learn about it. Like, no, she's still alive. She's idiot. the non-murdered like, one. Uh, I, you know, also funny animation crossover. This I looked it up. Six months after this, Jane Goodall will play herself in an episode of Wild Thornberries. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. It's uh, it's interesting. I remember watching. I I didn't watch too many episodes <laughs> of Wild Thornberries, but I did see that one. And it was interesting because Jane Goodall, basically when she meets Eliza and uh, Chauncey, what's Nigel? that? Nigel. Nigel. Uh, when when she <laughs> meets, uh, well, whatever, or her the the ape friend she has. Oh, I thought you meant her dad. No, no, no. Okay. Sorry. When when she meets Eliza and her ape friend, who Eliza can talk to, Jane Goodall has like the accurate reaction of like, you really shouldn't be keeping an animal as a pet. This is wrong to do. And uh, Eliza has to deal with the idea of like, well, technically I am doing it wrong, but. I I'm talking to him and he's cool with it. I can actually, she has to convince Jane Goodall that she should be allowed to keep her animal friend hmm. as a pet because without revealing her secret that she can talk to animals. Jane Goodall, like, I, I wonder what she thought of this, that the Simpsons um, <laughs> uh, had a character based on her in here. Uh, also, when they get to the reserve, I do like the joke that there's a cat flap for chimps that is in, like, chimp walking size. Like, I, I got to chuckle out of that. I liked Homer's conversation about feces. I thought oh, that yes. was good. Oh, yes. I, I've got that one here. It's kind of you to take us in, Dr. Bushwell. Yeah. Thanks for the grub. Grubs. Whatever. Ah, oh, there's a burst of flavor. Your work has really inspired me, Doctor, and I love your sensible ponytail. Well, thank you. See, Jojo, she <laughs> likes it. So I noticed your home smells of feces. Yes. And not just monkey feces, either. Could we talk about something <laughs> else? I, I love what you've done with these poles. <laughs> So, 
Before anyone comments, I want to say Jane Goodall was on The Simpsons. Oh! In oh. season 31, the episode is called Gorillas on the Mast. God damn. And I, they uh, just give her the Joan Bushwell character design. They don't change it. Oh. No way. Yes. Wow. Yes. So in 2019, Jane Goodall was on The Simpsons. That's, that's amazing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I should have looked that. Ah, oh, man. That's a good find, Bob. Thank you. We'd, we'd have had it in a million. We'd had a million comments if you hadn't looked that up. Yes. <laughs> Delete them now. I know you uh, made them already. Man, how sneaky that they're. I mean, it's a fine design that that definitely says Jane Goodall. So I can see why they they reused it. But boy, that makes me wonder even more so if she like knew. Maybe she didn't know about this <laughs> then. I feel like though, if you were a famous person, you would have heard The Simpsons made fun of you. One like somebody would have told you, even if you are a very remotely located scientist. I feel like you'd have heard of it at some point. I feel like it's possible, though, that, she, I mean, they've had a lot of episodes. Yeah. She got called out of the blue to be on The Simpsons. I don't know. Maybe, would she Would she do a Google? Yeah, maybe mm. not. I, maybe one of her, like, grandkids or whatever, too, is just like, it's cool to do The Simpsons. Do it. And she's like, all right. I'm assuming she has grandchildren. That's maybe a big leap. But uh, other kids, I mean... That's honestly, that's how they've said they always got people over 50 was uh, someone's grandchild tells them it's cool to do the Simpsons. <laughs> uh, also, I like that Matt Selman on the commentary admits that he's like, yeah, saying grub and meaning grubs. I took that. I unconsciously took that as a joke from the Lion King. He's like, I admit it. Uh, <laughs> and the Lion King took it from a child's joke book from 1930. That's true. It's yeah. not a, it's not a new joke. It's a that's fine to steal. Yeah, that one's yeah. Not that great. It's a public joke. I, I was distracted by Bart having a green tongue that's not like called out specifically that I I guess it's just it could either be a mistake or you assume the grubs are full of green goo. Those beautiful Chris Sanders designed bugs from Lion mm -hmm. King. They do look delicious. Some of the most delicious looking bugs I ever saw. Man. And, uh, <laughs> then it cuts to Bushwell showing off how she does her. Oh, well, you know, let's talk about monkey shit. I just like I do. Like <laughs> does this. it smell different than human shit? <laughs> I love that Homer knows it can smell different. He's like you know what i know that this this feces smells different from i can tell this is your feces among the monkey feces <laughs> which uh, and then homer is still sniffing even as they change the subject homer is just sniffing like trying to sort it out in his head i'm guessing <laughs> i also like that bushwell is just like this is not polite conversation can we can we please talk about something else and then when you know the twist, the next scene, Bushwell describing just how all her day is looking at chimps and writing down and seeing chimps. Thinking about chimps. Yeah, it's that uh, at first it works good as a joke of a woman who leads a boring life for Homer to say, like, I can't believe you do this. But I like it even better after the twist because it's her just <laughs> making it up like, oh, and um, yeah, I look at chimps all day up and then they do that. It, it yeah. does feel like John Swartzwelder uh, explaining what he thinks about scientists, though. <laughs> yes, yep. They just think about stupid crap all day. <laughs> they go to bed thinking about it some more. These dumb scientists. <laughs> uh and homer i yeah i think Schwartzwalder just literally said the things homer says yeah about, uh, <laughs> but then the poachers arrive and i also had a good chuckle like what is it pointy that's a good line. pointy yeah <laughs> it's like the elves in uh, disenchantment yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> the poachers arrive 
and they decide they're going to help. Homer thinks he just loves these animals so much. And I also chuckled at like, hey, look, a chimp rubbing his butt on a tree. That'll always make me laugh. It, uh, <laughs> especially his like satisfaction of it, at the, <laughs> at the, how well it is scratching his butt. And then comes a very long battle sequence, which honestly, I think probably read funnier on the page than it is. And uh, it's, it's OK. It's all right. It's maybe it's another of those like intentionally very wrong things. But the way the coconuts explode, I took it that the joke means that coconuts are naturally explosive yes. where you to put a lit piece of paper in them. Coconut milk is uh, highly volatile. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the hornets being blow darts, that's also like, that's wacky town. Mm-hmm, that's, uh, mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like you cut that one and you keep in the chihuahuas. That's, uh, I think that's a funnier visual. I'll be honest. I kind of, like at this point, I kind of zoned out a little bit watching the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was do- like, yeah, all right. All this stuff is happening. <laughs> I do like Homer putting the monkey in a tree slingshot and saying, somebody like, like this, this monkey. monkey. That yeah. That is so mean and awful. <laughs> like and- He's forgetting what they're trying to do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to fling a flying. And then so the next scene of Lisa confronting the poacher, I like how, you know, bravely is like mm-hmm. it's a big hero moment for lisa and it also felt like a very captain planet scene to me as well <laughs> like i feel like you would have seen any of the planeteers doing this uh in stopping a, a poacher and getting shoved down and then captain planet comes and save him but on the commentary they do point out that this reveal is the same as the reveal of lieutenant lt smash where an open <laughs> an open shirt reveals your true identity <laughs> yes yeah. yes a lot of shirts opening to reveal things in this time, which I I do like when we can notice a runner in the Scully years, you know, when we can, it's one thing to note running gags that happen in seasons everybody watched, but it's like, oh yeah, they were really into opening up t-shirts in season 12. It's their <laughs> fifth one of these this season. Yeah. And I think, you know, my teenage mind at the time did not see them as running gags that saw them as unfunny jokes they're repeating over and over <laughs> it's true um i was very harsh on on it now it's like ah, oh, it's just kind of funny it's true when yeah. we were kids we weren't like bart is calling mo again mm-hmm. when is the show yeah. gonna end again with these calling mo jokes yes yeah you're right yeah. they're like burns is weak i think we already know burns <laughs> is pretty weak guys we already saw him crush a paper cup two years ago yeah. And you'd say, God, I'm lonely. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a fun thought experiment to be as angry as I was in 2001 <laughs> about jokes from 1993. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yes, the reveal of the Greenpeace guys, this again feels like such a South Park joke, like such a South Park to reveal that, oh, the bad guys were actually the good guys. But I think at least making them Greenpeace in South Park, they would have just said, no, the poachers were just good. The end. Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't and say they were secretly Greenpeace. And here's why poachers are good. Yes. Yeah. But in this case, instead, they tie it into what I guess was starting to make the news in the U.S. at the time or mainstream like you'd hear about it in news week or whatever of blood diamonds Mm. which makes this much darker even than in when i watched it as a kid as a teen i thought like yeah this is a silly ending chimps in a diamond mine now it's just deeply depressing just like oh this is sad like this is parodying a horrible thing that happens in real life to people uh yes greenpeace is revealed That's right. And we're not leaving till we rescue every animal here. Well, if you really cared about chimps, you'd know that Dr. Bushwell is their best friend. Oh, is that right? 
Why don't you tell her about the diamond mine, Doctor? Diamond mine? What are you talking about? I'm talking about this. <clears throat> and this, I guess, is also, yes, more of punishing Lisa. Lisa dared to believe that a woman <laughs> was good and, right. and yeah. worth looking up to. Lisa must be corrected and know that no, yeah, th nobody is altruistic or good in this world. I just, all evil. <laughs> I just remember that March line where Lisa is explaining, no, the camp is named after the female doctor. <laughs> And Marge goes, now I've seen everything. That's a good, that's a good joke. On, um, letting Marge be the internal sexist. I like that. Yes. But yeah, um, Lisa's investment uh, in her uh, happens so quickly and so out of nowhere. You know it's just going to be to tear it down. Yes. Yeah. It did. If they'd set it up earlier in the episode, maybe. But since it's only for two minutes of her respecting someone, then you know it must just be to destroy Lisa and teach yeah. Lisa she's wrong to like something. I also like, uh, so Bushball has the diamond-encrusted pen and notebook, and she yeah. says they were graduation presents. I love that joke because I hear that sometimes from people who are like, they had, they bought something too expensive and they don't want to let you know. Like, oh, I got it for Christmas, okay? Yes. I yeah. got this new iPhone for my birthday. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I, can, I, I can't afford this, but I didn't buy it. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's like her way of saying, my, what fascinating behavior behavior yeah but again in 2001 this kind of bugged me i thought it was a silly ass pull of an ending that they were like all right i guess they the the chimps mine it, they reveal a secret chimp diamond mine which when they say this must goes five miles deep <laughs> they say this on the commentary of like boy that's pretty deep I looked this up. <laughs> the deepest that a diamond mine, like, apparently ever has been is three miles. Like, wow. not wow. even three miles. Hire so. more chimps. Yes. Yeah. It's, so when they say five miles, that is also a they didn't Google it kind of moment. They're like, eh, five miles. That sounds pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a Paul Simon reference, by the way. Oh, yes. Yeah. I got I got that okay. clip here. Oh, look at There's more over here. She's hidden diamonds everywhere. Even on the soles of her shoes. Mm -hmm. Yep. She's one of the ten richest chimp researchers in the world. <laughs> Look at me! I'm a scientist! <laughs> Africa. <laughs> How could you exploit your beloved chimps like this? I think we should look at her research before we condemn her entirely. I haven't said anything for a while. <laughs> Hmm. These are just pictures of monkeys from famous movies. <laughs> you know, for for as much as this uh, is such a weird place to take the episode, and for as much as this episode is not very good, I did laugh at a few of these. Where I did too. Homer, just Homer recognizing where the story has gone, and <laughs> yeah. just him going. Africa. Yes. And then Bart sorry. admitting, uh, I just needed a line. I yes. hadn't said anything for a while. Uh, Bart, unless you count Bart cheering with Homer during the big fight scene, Bart hasn't spoken in three and a half minutes, which mm. is a long time to go without a line. Yeah. Yeah. But that's one of those moments of like uh, Bart. Homer can say those kind of lines, but for Bart to just go like, I know I'm in a TV show and I haven't had a line in a while and I'm annoyed at that. So I'm going to just say something. Also, she's one of the 10 richest chimp researchers in the world. That, <laughs> that made me chuckle too. But but yes, Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes, a reference certainly. Uh, a 1986 Paul Simon song. Ask your parents. Yes, uh, Actually, one of his ones done with the uh, the South African singing group Ladysmith Black Mombazo hmm. from, uh, I don't know, it's something connected to 
Africa with a song, but sure. sure. Hey, same same continent. Same continent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they really narrowed it down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, close enough. Uh, no, 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 no. I can't. But but yeah, Lisa also Lisa just flipping through the book of like see that that Bushwell never ever did any research. It's all lies. They she didn't do anything. Like that's so awful to do. Like Lisa. Yeah. Uh, Pictures uh, of monkeys from famous movies. Yeah. I also like as a descriptor. Yes. That they have uh, to say famous movies. Yeah. That's, that's uh, yeah, the clarification like not just movies, famous ones. <laughs> we get the ending which again teen me did not like because uh it completely breaks the series once more the uh, I'll just I'll just play it. Don't worry, doctor. We'll get you all the help you need. <laughs> no. Don't put me away. I'll give you diamonds. Everybody wants diamonds. Diamonds will make everything all better. Diamonds! Diamonds! <laughs> what a nice lady. Very nice. Hey, Lise, check it out. Diamond vision. Buzz off. Hey, look. Our tour guy got a new job. Mm, quite a promotion. I was wondering what became of him. What happened to President Mantu? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I got overthrown! <laughs> now he's just a stinking flight attendant. Hey, where's my pillow? And then, of course, comes the coda of saying it's all a tribute to the bag boys of America. Their ineptness and greed inspired this story, <laughs> which, like, damn. damn. Somebody didn't get their ba uh, groceries bag that week. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad they put. I'm glad they put that there. I think the the Muntu uh, Muntu scene is like too. It's too silly of a like. That's that's too silly of an ending. Even Homer laughing too long at it. I think makes it less of a cheesy ending. But I'd rather they at least dedicate it to the bag boys of America. The, that's at least a little better. But uh, yeah, no, Teen Me pissed off. The Simpsons end up with millions of dollars in diamonds at the end of the episode. But like they're millionaires from now on in the show. Like my head uh, canon is that Lisa turns them in at customs uh, and rats on her family. Uh, all right. Well, that's pretty good. At the very least, they don't sell out Lisa's character in that she has her arms crossed and has no diamonds. She turned down the diamonds and everybody else took them. But yeah, I, 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 the, my way of thinking, I like yours better, Bob. My way of thinking was, well, the Simpsons often have are left with debts that are in the millions in some other episodes, so they use the diamonds to pay them off. That's, that's what I tell myself. This will take care of many of Homer's law pending lawsuits. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I guess maybe it's good that I didn't see this episode in 2001 <laughs> uh, when I was an angry teenager, because I probably would have made the same exact complaints about them getting those diamonds. Yeah, I, I mean, as again, as as a show that's interested in misdirects and making you go like, oh, but you didn't see that coming, kind of things. Uh, that they have this ending that it's basically like an ending of a Twilight Zone episode of like, oh, she's gone crazy with greed. She doesn't realize how much she lost to get all these diamonds. 
and then they just cut to like no diamonds actually do make everything better and you get paid off in diamonds and and her chimp diamond mind still continues to abuse chimps they didn't stop anything it's a great uh drawing and performance by tress mcneil of her holding the diamonds towards the camera it's great a great freak out by tress she's great at at people uh, losing their minds and i mean that shot of like shadowed and head on with her just holding up diamonds saying diamonds like that was uh, kirkland and his team i think did a good drawing there i like that but yeah the ending pissed me off back then now eh whatever that's (laughs) i'm not as angry as Eh, i used to be yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think yeah it's uh, it's about expectations i was like ah it's a season 12 simpsons i know what i'm getting into i've mellowed out a lot since then i have no uh internet to run to to be like did anybody else see how horrible (laughs) this is i guess part of my anger too was and it it was actually fulfilled listening to commentary tracks like years afterwards was he Hearing them on the commentaries go like yeah we liked pissing you off like mm-hmm, we did mm-hmm. this to piss we knew you were getting mad and so we did it to piss you off with an ending where the simpsons walk away with fistfuls of diamonds we were all played like fiddles <laughs> yes yeah which i just wonder if that's maybe not the best place to for all of us to be mm-hmm. in us as, as viewers yeah. and as creators to go like let's just piss people <laughs> off like i if- mean it, it kind of worked because they got me to stop tuning into the show uh every, every week so i guess if that's what they wanted they got it you know mission accomplished there yeah that's yeah. true uh but yeah one last swing at the bag boys that they are so pissed off at for daring to want a livable wage and now the bag boys they're extinct almost yeah if you see a so, bag boy uh you know salute him the, i uh the last time i heard about uh pay in uh, the world of uh grocery was just that uh hearing about how stores like kroger or other chains or trader joe's like started cutting back their bonuses they're like well i guess this covid is just gonna last forever we well, you expect us to pay time and a half all the time we've decided you're no longer heroes yes the hero yeah. time's Give over back yeah. those capes <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, that's even more depressing than bag boy strikes yeah. i guess yes my final thought on this episode it could have been more wrong about africa in many ways i yeah. guess it's uh uh, I was impressed by that, I guess. Uh, and also, I'm less angry about it now. And there are some really good Schwarzweldery lines in here that just make mm-hmm. me laugh of like, oh, just the the causticness of a line. Like, again, I wish Maggie went to the emergency room more <laughs> often. Like, that's a good a good shocker. And we have to treasure every Schwarzwelder episode. There's only like six left. You're right. Total. Oh, so man. we must savor them. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm happy we got past this episode. I wasn't looking forward to it. But <laughs> no. it did make me laugh a bunch. But it's also uh, one of those ones where they don't care that much and they don't they're not shy about letting you know. Yes. And then yeah. the next episode is like the direct opposite yes yeah it's like they care so much and they're so invested in telling this complicated story so yeah night and day between this and trilogy of error which we'll get to uh yeah i mean you know my final thoughts are and i've said this before but at the time i was an angry teen watching this i felt like they should cancel this show it's just it's bad you know i was like a angry youth now i believe exactly the opposite i'm like this show should just go on forever Mm -hmm. and have there should be no consequences for this show just keep it going keep rolling them out (laughs) and uh going back and watching this episode with that expectation of knowing that it was you know this in this time it was like oddly nostalgic for me because i had never (laughs) seen this episode so i was just like oh wow a new piece of this style of simpsons that i've never seen 
it is good that I missed this because I think if I had seen this like when it aired, it would have put me off the show uh, for months and months. But because I missed this, I did happen to tune in for the next episode, Trilogy of Error, which I actually enjoyed. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Bob, that they it's almost like they sucked all the effort out of this one and put it into Trilogy of Error mm-hmm. like, as if it was an amount of you know <laughs> a, a resource that could be moved from one thing to another. Yes. But, yeah, uh, but but thank you yes, Ian, thank and you. for coming on and and, uh, and, and watching this uh, for the first time with us. Uh, Thanks for having me. It was kind of it was a weird surprise to see this episode that I've never <laughs> seen before. Um, and- it's good. And where can we find you uh, online? Hey, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, at @injq. As for other stuff I got going on, uh, I'm working on several projects, which we'll see if they see the light of day. But however, if you have HBO Max, my show OKKO, Let's Be Heroes, is on there. Finally, in the actual correct order. Yay. Something that no streaming service uh, has ever done for me before. Uh, so that was pretty impressive that they got that to happen. And you know, it had to. I I think it's because you. It's not owned by AT and T anymore. Now it's at Discovery. They knew how to put it in order. Those folks at Discovery. <laughs> oh yeah, the people at Discovery, man, they know their stuff. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I'm so. I I was very glad it finally got put in the right order. And yeah, you've and your Twitter account is full of great. Like uh, you share some really good uh, OKKO fan art when you come across it in there. Yeah, every once in a while, I'm so bad at uh, Twitter these days because i'm never on there but it's become like my official presence so if you're interested in seeing more stuff that i do i will definitely tweet about it there and uh yeah i mean listeners if you guys enjoy this and haven't yet listened to our what a cartoon about future boy conan we did this year uh with ian and rebecca sugar everybody should listen to that we had such a good time talking about such an important anime series to to both of uh you and rebecca creatively yeah that was that was really great and i had a had an awesome time uh doing that and uh there's still time probably for your listeners to uh buy that when yeah. it comes out on Blu-ray. i hope i hope uh it doesn't it's not one of those one that goes out of print in the first run i hope not but <laughs> but if so then mine's already more collectible yes yeah, so we don't get any money for promoting this but if we se- if they sell enough maybe we will you never know <laughs> we could get checks in the mail baby yeah. uh, but thank you ian thank you thanks thanks again to ian jones cordy for being on the show please check out all of his stuff but as for us if you want to check out more of what we do and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad free please go to patreon.com slash talking simpson sign up there you'll get just that and also access to everything behind the five dollar paywall that includes all of our limited miniseries to date over 100 episodes that you haven't heard if you're not a patron and currently we are in the middle of our newest podcast miniseries blabbing about batman the animated series where we go over our 10 favorite episodes of batman the animated series using the patented talking simpsons style so check that out at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and we have a ten dollar level as well when you sign up for that you get all the five dollar stuff of course but also access to one mega long podcast once a month only for patrons of that level or higher and what is that henry bob is talking about the what a cartoon movie podcast you see twice a month we talk about an animated series on our what a cartoon sister podcast and at the end of each month we cover an animated feature film super in-depth just like we do the simpsons often for over four hours sometimes even over five hours 
it is definitely worth your 10 bucks a month at the premium level which also gets you all the five dollar things bob just mentioned you get to hear us talk about well we mentioned lion king in this episode several times you can check out our over four and a half hour long podcast about the lion king there uh just last month we did batman beyond return of the joker and this month in november just ahead of the holiday season we are doing the rankin bass classic rudolph the red-nosed reindeer from 1964 it's going to be awesome please check all of those out and a giant back catalog over three years worth of what a cartoon movies at the ten dollar level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons so as for me i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. you can find me on twitter as bob servo my other podcast by the way is retronauts that is a classic gaming podcast all about old video games find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month and henry what about you you can follow me on twitter at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g stay up to date on all my henry gilbert thoughts also you should be following the official twitter account of this podcast which is at talk simpsons pod when you sign up to at talk simpsons pod on twitter you stay up to date whenever new episodes go live on our free feeds on our patreons if we have say a live show coming up which who knows uh, all of that stuff you learn about it first if you follow at talk simpsons pod on twitter so please do that today thanks so much for listening folks we'll see you again next time for season two's old money and we'll see you then crackers Homer no those were made in the 60s turbulent oh what the hell whoa a solid gold animal cracker find the golden giraffe and we'll send you and your family to Africa Africa they're bound to have food there